Hello, and welcome back to Stuck in the Middle Kingdom with you. I'm Adam, an English teacher who went to China in 2014 and taught English in a small city near Shanghai. This podcast tells the story of my troubled first year, so if you're new to the show, I'd encourage you to start at the beginning. That said, alongside the main story, many episodes focus much more on other issues about Chinese history and culture, and you don't really need to be following the story to listen to that part. Okay, on with the show. Previously on Stuck in the Middle Kingdom with you, a three-parter about China's journey from Cold War crazies to new kids on the international block. Before that, teacher friend Jess and I went to Suzhou, where we learned about local history and explored some so-called red tourism, which is big business in China. And just before that, there was a change in the teacher lineup in the school after Tyler had been dismissed for throwing books at kids and was replaced by Dodi. Check it out! Is Malcolm Gladwell? What is the picture? Is Malcolm Gladwell? What am I looking at? What I was looking at was a picture on the front of a small magazine called Public. The picture was made of dots of various sizes, and Jess was telling me that the dots were Malcolm Gladwell, the guy who wrote Generation X. Is it Malcolm Gladwell? That looks like no, sorry, Malcolm McLaren. Yeah, it's him. Do you mean Douglas Coupland? Yeah, Malcolm Gladwell, Douglas Coupland. Same thing, whatever. You look at the picture through the camera, and you can see it clearly. But that's what? That's Osama bin Laden. Yeah, I know Malcolm. I mean, Douglas Coupland. He made the picture. Ah,、oh. it was all about oil anyway. Conversations with Jess were starting to play out as if words were randomly fished out of a turbulent sea. Her carefree, scattergun approach to communicating was also reflected in the way she did other things in life. She dropped her phone down the toilet for the third time. Lost another bank card, and, somewhat worryingly for an English teacher, failed to master the shape of the letter A. I noticed this when I came to observe her class as part of the management's second torture season, when everyone was forced to teach slash perform to each other, and get feedback. Her writing on the blackboard was really bloated, as if each letter was convinced that the party was held just for them, and, well, the tail on the lowercase A was. Shall we say, erect? It was wholly inappropriate. Only through the haze of drunkenness and noise did Jess's hopscotch wordplay make sense. So we made plans with some new teachers to go to a club. They'd been trapped in the net of the school by the promise of a decent wage and more respect than can be attained at a mere training school. Amy and Amy were British, one Southern and one Northern. Mia was Australian. None were new to China, and each lived in the city. It served them well as they escaped the claustrophobia of a life spent within the school gates. The club we went to was an ice cave of polystyrene. We reached it by means of a taxi, where I discovered that both Amys had excellent Chinese, at least in the taxi driver banter department. Northern Amy and I went to get drinks, while the others found a semicircle of bobbly leather to sit on. I felt conspicuous in the club. It was early, so it wasn't busy yet, and the Laowai were already drunk and shrieking. A few tequilas in, Jess and the Amys were dancing, and Mia and I shouted at each other over the music. She was from Melbourne, a sandy brown-haired thirty-something with an expression that could turn serious with little warning. Ernest, she was the type of person who would make a joke, would you laugh at, but that she'd stop you and say, "No, but I mean it." I don't know how you do it, she yelled. What? I said, I don't know how you do it. Yeah, I mean, do what? What? 
Do what? I don't know how you can live in the school. It's convenient. But don't you get a bit, like, claustrophobic? I shrugged, and was suddenly transported back to my bug sweep. Did I look closely enough behind the clock? Ah, uh, a little. I met Penny, Mia continued. She seems kinda on edge. Uh, Penny just wants more access to English for English students. And she thinks the management is out to get her. But maybe things will change with the new teachers. How? Dodie seems to know what he's talking about. Dodie? Yeah. I'll give you one piece of advice about Dodie. Don't tell him anything. Why? Just trust me. There was a pause. I'd run out of beer and the DJ began to play the insufferable Little Apple song which had soared into the national airwaves recently. My stomach tightened, but it wasn't the song. What? said Mia, looking at me all earnest. Uh... Dodie had approached me earlier that day, during one of the breaks between class. A slow, instrumental Don't Stop Me Now by Queen was playing across the school. The garden of meditation was like a German beer hall. The kids were skipping and I was trying to make sure the rope didn't take out anyone's eye. Good old Jason was deliberately throwing his head in the way of the rope and pulling it away at the last moment, and I was advising him that this was an unwise course of action. Then, Lucy and Angela wanted to show me a video of them playing piano simultaneously. I noticed Dodie standing by a pillar, smiling with fatherly admiration. The future will miss English teachers like you, he said. I went up to him, shaking off another kid who'd become fixed like a limpet to my leg. How do you mean? You know, teachers. Our days are numbered. Like many areas, tech is going to make it unrecognisable. We're on the cusp of a great wave. Yeah, AI and such. He wasn't wrong. New apps were springing up everywhere, giving people of all ages the opportunity to learn languages and anything else with flexibility, customization, and efficiency. And this was 2015, remember? It's like there's been a century of development since then. Tell me this, said Dodie. What's the point of writing? Writing? What do you mean? It developed as a way to record our thoughts, beliefs, and achievements, right? They used to share stories orally, passing them down through generations. But writing changed the need for the oral stories. Books were made. Lessons learned could be built upon and improved. Incredible advances could be achieved on this collective knowledge. Right. We were strolling now. Dodie's guiding hand was leading us towards the cafe. The spring air was fresh and bright. Easter was coming. It was pleasant, although I couldn't help feeling somewhat on the back foot. I'd already had a coffee for starters. Now we have computers and the internet. We type, don't write. And the information is stored forever. So Adam, why learn to write? Why are you teaching those children to write? Useful skill? I felt like I was in a job interview. Useful? Learn to code, that's useful. Shopping lists. Ha, <laughs> good one. You might forget the milk. Tradition? Tradition? This is China, come on. I suppose. I'm just messing with you. Of course writing is important. It's a wonderful skill, needs to be protected. Writing serves the brain, you know. Something very different happens when you type. Latte? Americano, sure. My treat. And memory, the cultivation of the mind. This is what teaching is all about. Thanks. I'll get the next one. You have the talent at this, said Dodie, refocusing his eyes. I see you with those children and it's magic. These children have a distant relationship with their parents, remember. 
So people like us are central to their lives at this stage. But you know that. I can see it. You're a dark horse, Adam. Dark as the night. Well, uh, cheers, I said, and took a sip of my coffee. It was far too hot and burned my mouth quite badly. And so I want your advice. In fact, I'm asking everybody's advice. All the foreign teachers. I want to speak to each of you individually, getting the pros and cons of teaching here, the strengths and weaknesses that you feel in your abilities and the abilities of your Chinese co-workers, the relationship with the management, all this. What for? Listen, teaching in China is unnerving. You know that. I've seen it. There's a lot of uncertainty about what's going on. Maybe even a little paranoia. Not really. But I'm new to this place, still learning the ropes. And I'm hoping you guys can give me some insight, some survival tactics, if I can put it like that. Adam, you're wedged between those students and the management, and I look at you, and you've got it worked out. I want to hear your story. An instrumental ABBA song was coming to a close, which meant class was beginning soon. So look, after lunch in the teachers' lounge. I'll see you there, okay? Oh, uh, okay. And you went? Mia yelled at me. I got the feeling that she would have yelled even if the music hadn't made it absolutely necessary. Yeah, didn't seem like a big deal. What happened? He asked me about my experience in the school, relationships with other teachers and management. He made notes. Mia furrowed her brow. He's got a bit of a reputation in town. Playing people against each other. I'm thinking that maybe... What? Maybe you got played. Before too long, the tequila had made everything blurry and I couldn't have picked Dodie out of a lineup. Sometime in the morning hours, we strolled through the polystyrene cave entrance, towards the road, and yelled at taxis. Two drunk men staggered past us and one said something to Northern Amy. Qian, you fucking what? was Amy's reply, who understood it all too well. What? What'd he say? asked Jess. He asked her how much she costs. Oh. Amy launched at the men, scaring them sober. Sullen Amy pulled her back while Mia told them to fuck off and go home. What do you say? Say that again? The affronted Amy cried foul over Southern Amy's shoulder, switching from English to Chinese and back again. Again, I was impressed with her grasp of the language. Street fighting was another situation where she more than held her own. I feared for the lives of those men, should the wronged get free. They chuckled nervously, but I doubt they'd make the same mistake again. Eventually, the boys drifted off. We got a couple of taxis and said goodnight to the night. It's vivid noises, dark shadows. Next time on Stuck in the Middle Kingdom with you, rabbits, eggs, the cycle of death and rebirth. It's time for the Christian festival of Easter and the Chinese festival of Qingming.